1: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, Matthew Fox and I are going to continue on with our weekly start sits, our weekly games of the week, the weekly sports betting picks, and of course, the weekly uh, DFS plays as well. And of course, at the end of the movie, we hit you with some movie recommendations on the way out the door. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing better than Urban Meyer. <laughs> I don't know, he's probably laughing all the way to the bank. However, though, I did see that they that it is if they find out the allegations of him kicking Lambo are true, it could violate his contract and they might be able to get out of it. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you would think he's done enough things. I'm sure they'd be able to find some stuff to get out of it. I I doubt he was laughing all the way to the bank. He seemed a little uh angry I don't I got the sense he didn't think he did anything wrong which is probably more troubling
1: (laughs) exactly because I was listening to the radio show uh radio show this morning on my way into work and the guy goes imagine what he did with the players in college that didn't have enough backbone that he had control over their scholarships and had actually had control in the NFL head coaches have a control to an extent right but you can't treat People like this isn't the seventies anymore. Like I try to explain this to people like you can't run Oklahoma drills for eight consecutive hours. Like we used to do whenever I played football, you can't do those sorts of things anymore. There's actually, you know, people actually care about the athletes a little bit more, a little bit more than they used to. So Urban Meyer out the door, not too sad about it. He's ruined uh, a, what should have been a very good Trevor Lawrence rookie season. However, Lawrence has not looked good. I, I can admit to that. But I will also say that they haven't done a very good job. They ran the ball eleven times against the Texans or against the Titans this past weekend. They brought in like it never makes any. People were like, "Oh, well, he's looked terrible." He has. I'm not going to disagree with that. He only he's only been sacked twenty five times, but at the same time, like he's been running for his life. And on top, look at his weapons, guys. They brought in car. He was giving Carlos Hyde carries over james robinson consistently and when i try to explain to people over and over again whenever you have something like that going on you can't get a running back going if you give him a carry or two carries and then you bring a different running back in and get a carry or two carries like he's the way they ran that offense was a joke tavon austin came in like i you know then of course you have to go through the list of players that were hurt so i'm just yeah yeah
0: I mean, I think things will get better. Um, We'll get more into it in sit starts, but their offensive coaches are still there for the time being. I don't – you know, Urban Meyer was a big problem. I don't think he was the only problem.
1: No, and I think that whenever we get a new head coach in there, they'll probably wipe the slate clean, which will be nice because there's some guys there that don't belong there. Um, With that being said, folks, we're going to transition right into – our top segment of the show, and that's going to be Matthew Fox's game of the week. What do you have? And on top of that, folks, we got football for four days this week. We got Thursday yeah. football, Saturday football, Sunday football, and Monday football. A lot to talk about. Not only that, I forgot to mention the fact that the entire league, at least every player on my team, is out because of COVID this week. It's playoffs. It's the playoffs right now, and 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 the most. And before, so I didn't mean to. I completely forgot to talk about this. But heading into the most pivotal week in, in in fantasy football, the playoffs, we're sitting here battling it out, trying to figure out if we're going to be starting Craig Reynolds at running back for the Detroit Lions or not. Like, I don't even know who's going to start running back this week for Miami. I I need to, like there's so like Corey Clement could be a playoff hero down in Dallas this week. It's, I picked them up. I might have to start him because Pollard might not start. I, I don't know who I'm going to start. And I've got my big money league. I got I got a good, nice little comfy spot. And now every player in the last two weeks, I've lost 90% of my roster. I don't know who I'm going to start. I need Justin Herbert to put up about 80 tonight. And I don't think that's
0: going to happen. So it's a good year um, to have a first-round buy.
1: And on top of that, oh, I did have a first-round buy in the Scott Fishbowl, And now the rest of my team ain't playing because of COVID. So here we are. But transitioning over to Matthew Fox's game of the week. Sorry for that little rant there. but
0: Yeah, and we do, uh, we do have the Saturday games. Two more weeks of Thursday night. So tonight, Chiefs uh, Chargers should be a good one. If the Chiefs win, that, uh, that puts them in a good position to make a run at the AFC West title. If the Chargers win, they'll have the season sweep and would actually be tied record-wise. They would move – all by themselves into first place and really kind of shake up the AFC playoff picture. Same thing on Saturday. The second of those Saturday games is the New England Patriots, currently the one seed in the AFC, heading to play the Indianapolis Colts, who are one of the hottest teams of late. have really been coming on. Can't wait to see Jonathan Taylor going against that defense. I actually am picking the Colts on an upset in that game. I think they're going to win. I actually think by the end of the season, the Patriots will be a wild card and not their division winner. I'm not ready to quit on you yet, Buffalo. Buffalo has the softest back end of the season schedule I think they can take advantage of. But for the Sunday games, uh, the morning window, I like Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams are six and seven. You're probably saying what gives? That is actually a pivotal race in the playoff picture. Washington would be in right now, uh, but they're part of a glut of NFC teams. There's five of them that are six and seven, that are battling for about one spot in the NFC. And uh, Washington, all the remaining games for them are against the NFC East. I think that's true of Philly, too. These two teams play each other twice in the last four games. So it's going to have a big impact on the playoff picture. Whoever gets the win there gets kind of a leg up. We've Looks like we could possibly see Jalen Hurts back. Um, He's splitting reps with Minshew. I'm a little nervous. I dropped him in my rankings anyway. Late window game, Green Bay Packers 10-3 are now the one seed in the NFC. Going at the Baltimore Ravens who are 8-5. Lamar Jackson says he's going to play. I'm still a little cautious. I dropped him in my rankings too. Ankle injury is no joke. Even if he plays, I think he might be a little more limited as a runner. Baltimore is in a really terrible spot now. They were once the top seed in the AFC. Now they have just a one game lead in their own division, which is really tight packed and they have a tough closing season schedule. They're one and three in the AFC North, which isn't good. And the Packers, meanwhile, just cruising right along. Baltimore has no secondary left, and you know who they get to face this week is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I think the Packers are going to put a lot of pressure on them there. The Sunday night game also has playoff implications. Six and seven New Orleans Saints are still in the picture, part of that glut of NFC teams at six and seven. Heading into play, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is now the second seed in the NFC after last Monday's game where the Rams clipped the Cardinals. Um, I'm not counting Tom Brady out. I actually think the Bucks are going to end up being the number one seed uh, when it's all said and done. They have won a ton of games in a row, and they have one of the softest closing schedules, pretty much just playing teams in their own division, including getting the Saints twice. They're getting This is their second matchup with the Saints. The biggest question for me in this matchup is Tom Brady has done a lot of things as part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's never beaten the Saints in the regular season. You would think he should be able to get that done. I thought they were going to win the first matchup, and it didn't happen. But this will really deal New Orleans a pretty severe blow uh, to their playoff chances. And I, as much as I like the Taysom Hill experiment, I don't see that coming out ahead. Probably our worst. Primetime game this week is the Monday night football game, which is the Minnesota Vikings six and seven at uh, the Chicago Bears, which are four and nine. Justin Fields has looked better. And ironically, that's made Darryl, Darnell Mooney and Alan Robinson worse options for fantasy. So I'll pray for you if you have to rely on them in the playoffs. Meanwhile, probably not going to see Thielen back. I doubt he's ready to come back from that ankle injury. Dalvin Cooks looks incredible. Um, I think Minnesota is probably going to get a win here. And just when you'd like to count them out i have this like horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that minnesota ends up being that last wild card team because all these other six and seven teams have to play each other
1: yeah it's it's crazy to think that we are this advanced into the season and and if you look at it on a technicality carolina and seattle are still on the outside looking in they're only a game out of those other five teams. And then even more so is is San Francisco is only seven and six, right? You know what I mean? So San Francisco could really theoretically – After this weekend, if they lose in some of these 7-17 wins, the conference, it it all depends on your conference record. So San Francisco could be on the outside looking in after this weekend. It's it's quite a battle of what we're watching unfold, something like we've never seen before. And and on the flip side of it, the AFC is looking very similar to that as well because
0: they're even tighter. They don't even have a 10-win team.
1: You have Miami, who's sixth and seventh, and and currently the nine seed of of all the wild card teams, and they're only a game back, right? So it, it's the, the really good thing about this is it's going to make the last couple weeks of the season a whole lot of fun. So I think
0: Miami's actually like eleven or twelve. Um, well, you Denver is the ten seed, and they're seven and six.
1: Well, if you look at, I'm talking about wild card rankings, not throughout the entire. Uh, now I don't count the division leaders. Wow. I'm just going off the wild card, but because according to the, I mean, if you look at the wild card standings at this particular moment, you have the you have one, which is which is the Chargers. Two is the Colts. Three mm-hmm. is Buffalo currently, and then of course, I mean, there's
0: five teams in the AFC that are seven and six. There's just exactly. above 500 teams. If Miami was in the NFC, I'd say they were in the playoffs.
1: And then you have the obscure, the obscure rating of the fact that Pittsburgh has that one tie, which could really help them when it comes down to because you know, it gives them that just slight edge. It's so weird, but it does. It will because the tie is not a loss. So it kind of gives them a slight edge when it comes down to it. I think they can beat Tennessee this weekend. I really do. They're they're a disaster of a team. But that game is going to be – they could win that game, especially at home. And Tennessee's not exactly playing the best football. They're coming off of a struggle win, in my opinion, against Jacksonville. They should have really – I mean, they had, what, four turnovers and still only scored 20 points. You know what I mean? Like that's just – you've got to play better football and and of course Pittsburgh's defense is a lot better than Jacksonville as well. So with that being said, I've got a few picks for you guys this week. I think I was 1-2 and 1 last week. Um it, it's been a rough couple weeks. Um we went 4-0 on uh, Clarkson and I's Sunday morning picks. We went 4-0 this week. Still for the season, uh I'm looking pretty on the Betstamp app, I was looking at my picks for the year, and for the year right now, I am sitting at fifty-one thirty-three and one overall on my picks that I've been able to implement on the uh, app. That's not too bad. But this week, I've got I I I, I buy into the the head coach being fired and winning football games after. This happened whenever I was all over John Gruden getting fired. It proved to be true. I'm all in on the Jaguars minus three against the Texans. The Texans are an abysmal team, and so are the Jaguars. This game could end up being three to nothing. I don't care, but I do think this might be the most complete game that we see out of Jacksonville all year. I do do, do believe in the Reuniting out of the, the the hatred or whatever it was re- with regarding our last coach, there was a lot of hatred there, and I do think that they sprinkle it up. They open the offense up a little bit more, maybe a little bit different. Again, it's there's no better time to do it than against the Houston Texans. So, I, I do think that that they do get the win. I like them minus three. One game that I got my eye on, big time is is. Um, the Bengals have won five of the last four of the last five games after an overtime loss. And of course, the Broncos have failed to cover five of the last six games against the AFC. I like the Bengals plus five this week. You can actually get that at minus 130. The line, I think, is at plus three. I I, I bought a couple points in order to get it to minus 130, which is still attractive. I think the Cincinnati can win this football game. I think it just depends on what Denver Broncos team shows up. And also, it's going to depend on what Teddy Bridgewater shows up. You know what I mean? That run game's stout. It's hard. They're playing old-school football out there in Denver, which is fine and dandy, but it's not going to win you anything important. But maybe uh, just a little bit of hope for Teddy Bridgewater to get $40 million a year from the Broncos. But with that being said, moving on, I like the Jets over one-and-a-half touchdowns this week. Um, they're the only team um, in the Dolphins' current five-game winning streak to score double did- two more or more touchdowns against. I love that the Jets have scored two plus touchdowns in every single game in the last, I think it's six weeks, except for last week. Um, It's it's about finding um, good picks with good with good value. And that's like a minus 120, I think, right now. And then, of course, there's another one. The Eagles are seven-point favorites. I, I know it's against Washington, and I understand that. And I do know that even if Jalen – it is looking likely that Jalen Hurts does play this week. But if you buy a couple points at plus 10, I don't. there's no way that the, the Eagles cover a 10-point spread against Washington. They're playing a little bit better defense without Chase Young, which has been very weird. That team's weird as a whole. I don't know who's going to play quarterback. Kyle Allen or he- Taylor Heineke, I think they're the same person, if I'm being honest with you. They, all, they both – Allen
0: just got put on the COVID list, so it looks like- – like it's going to be one knee Heineke.
1: All right, one knee Heineke. Oh, man. So I don't know. Bring Fitzpatrick back with a shul- with one shoulder. I don't even know at this point. But I just don't believe that this Eagles team is as good as they have been playing. They've really beat up on bad teams. And I know they're 6-7 and seven with an outside look at the playoffs, but neither one of these teams should be even sniffing a playoff. But that's neither here nor there. That's my four picks of the week. Um, Fox, we're going to start off our start and sit for the quarterback position Um, Go ahead and hit me with your start at the quarterback position. And then, of course, your sit. And reminder at home, Fox kind of hones in on fantasy football, and I hone in on some of the guys in the world of DraftKings. So kick us off there, Fox.
0: Yeah, so my start this week is Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. He is going up against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are allowing the second most points uh, to opposing quarterbacks, and that's having played teams like the Jets and the Jaguars and uh, gotten a lot of teams' backups. Jimmy G, on the flip side, has been QB 7 since Week 10, really heating up. Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel are all playing, and the 49ers have plenty to play for, especially going against Shanahan's old team. I like. Jimmy G. On the flip side, I am not starting Trevor Lawrence. He's QB 26 this year. He's coming off his worst game as a pro. I think the Jaguars probably will win in the old win-win-despite-the-Gipper kind of, uh, kind of setup. Uh, I think James Robinson will have a decent day, as we'll get to in a minute. But there's more wrong with uh, Lawrence's season than just Urban Meyer. The offensive coaches are still there. I think he'll be better long term, but it's going to take more than three days for him to completely write the ship. He's playing a team too that picked him off three times when they saw each other in Week One.
1: Yeah, I don't. get the, the thing about it is, it's crazy to watch that team unfold because they're, they're, the Patriots are asking Mac Jones to not lose football games, and the Jaguars are act, asking the same rookie to not. To to win football games and it's kind of hard to do whenever you that all the play calling is atrocious. It, it just give get James Robinson going early so they can open up the play action and maybe throw the ball to ninety eight year old Tavon Austin who's probably only like twenty seven on his team. But my start of the week is the same actually as Matthew Fox, which means you should probably not start Jimmy G this week because we're both on the same page when it comes to this one. But he's fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. He's averaged nineteen points over the last two games. I really like that. Falcons are abysmal. Uh, Their team is just treading down more and more each and every week, um, which is not very surprising. Um, My state of the week is actually Joe Burrow. I like the Bengals this week to win, but I just don't love Joe Burrow against that that Denver Broncos. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. He'll probably go out there and throw four touchdowns, but I just don't like him for the price. Um, like I said, that Broncos defense has been impressive this year. Um, they've shut down the likes of like you know jo- Justin Herbert just a few short weeks ago. Herbert had one of the worst games of the year against this Broncos defense. Not a big fan. Start sit on the flip side of the running back position. I like Sony Michelle at that same fifty eight hundred dollar price. Keep an eye on Henderson, but I think my sh- um, Sony Michelle is going to be the the starter this week. I know Henderson's bouncing back from an injury slash COVID. It's it's a it's worth monitoring because if Henderson does play, Michelle is not that sexy of a play. Even if they split the carries. The, my other sit for the my sit at the running back position this week is actually Ezekiel Elliott. He's $7,300. He's the high, second highest priced running back on the slate. And to me, that's just very weird. I know it's against the Giants, but my biggest fear is if they get ahead early against this Giants team, they might put Zeke on the bench, especially if Pollard doesn't play. So that works, that's where I think Corey Clement kind of falls into having some value this week if you want to play. He actually ended up with more carries than Zeke did last week so if you're looking for a plug and play if you're missing one of the 88 running backs or 88 players that are missing because of COVID this week Corey clement is definitely a guy to keep an eye on um so yeah that what about your start sit there matt
0: yeah so running back my start is actually james robinson uh the last two weeks haven't been great but we know the main culprit for that is now gone he's still running back 21 on the season I think that they're going to get him going. I like the matchup. I'm throwing him out there. Uh, My sit for the week at running back is Rashad Penny. Um, Loved what he did last week. I'm excited to see down the stretch here him getting a chance to to kind of be the guy and we can get a feel for how this former first-round pick might fit into the offense. I'm not trusting him in a crucial playoff week. They're playing the Rams. I think they're going to end up being behind and I need to see it more than one time from Rashad Penny before I'm trusting him as an RB2 or better in a playoff week. Uh, Swinging over to wide receivers, start's Hunter Renfro. He's wide receiver 12 on the season, averaging 15.6 points per game. Uh, The Raiders have not been great, um, and I'm not sure they beat the Cleveland Browns. I think they're fading from the playoff picture. But Renfro and Derek Carr have been solid and have had a great connection all season. Renfro is doing what we had hoped we'd see from Brian Edwards. My said at receiver is Jamison Crowder. He's wide receiver 55 on the year, only averaging 9.8 uh, points per game. He's had just 16 receptions since week 10. Last week, with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis both gone, he managed to walk in three receptions for 1.9 yards. Uh, no thank you. Going against Miami, which actually has pretty decent corners, I'm going to take a pass on Jamison Crowder.
1: Yeah. My start for this week is Deontay Johnson at 7,500. It's a steep price, but the Titan secondary is uh, atrocious. Um, I, I like the matchup for him there. I do think that this could be a high scoring game, no matter what it looks like. And I tell you what, I really, really don't think, I really do think that Pittsburgh can win this football game, no matter how bad they've looked, they do have a solid run game and the weapons to beat a weird, a really. I, I picked
0: team. Pittsburgh too.
1: Exactly. Um, we're Guys, I just want to throw it out there. Do not bet anything that we've talked about this week nor start any of these players because Matthew Fox and I are on the same page this week on a lot of these. My sit of the week is DK Metcalf. Until further notice, he is in my sit spot for DraftKings. Um, I slotted him in last week just thinking, all right, maybe this is the week and I put him in a couple lineups and I made myself look like an idiot. Um, for, tr- the, for the tight end position, Mike Gesicki, 5K versus the Jets, He's had 35 targets in the last five games. Um, We just found out a little while ago, Jalen Waddell is out for this week, which is crazy. Again, another name. But with that being said, that, in my opinion, opens up more targets for Mike Isecki. I need those targets this week. I need him to catch every single ball that comes his way. I need 10 catches, 2,000 yards, and three touchdowns from him this week, please, uh, along with Hunter Renfro to replicate last week's game this week for my uh, Scott Fishbowl team because it's not looking pretty on either one of my teams with injuries. And and with COVID, my teams are decimated right now. And it could be the worst time. I literally got the first round by in the Scott Fishball only to sit up here and probably score 28 points this week. Uh, as far as the sit, I really didn't have a sit for the tight end position because the tight end position is abysmal. There's guys that are ranked uh TJ Hawkinson's out for the year now. Uh, there's guys that are that are actually sitting in the top 10 that have not have been awfully produced weekly like it, they're only in the top 10 because of two or three really good games another guy that i really like is patty Frere-Muth. Um, i like that i like the steelers weapons this week and fermuth has been insane in the red zone with big ben he loves finding him in the red zone and i look for him to at least try to find the way the red zone uh the end zone at least once this week so like i said i don't have a sit on the tight end position what about you matthew fox for the tight ends
0: yeah, before I swing to that, you read right about Metcalf. It's been weird. They talked about wanting to get him more involved, and it feels... Oh, like- hey, John,
1: not to interrupt you, but um, the Seahawks have placed Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins on the uh, reserve COVID list. so well, maybe
0: that will help Metcalf. Because I was going to say, it seems like Russ only has eyes for Tyler Lockett lately. Maybe DK Metcalf slipped him some COVID. <laughs> Probably did. Um. So my start for the tight end position is Mark Andrews. He has been uh, one of the most reliably consistent uh, players at the position this year. He's actually tight in one on the season, averaging 16 points per game. He has more total points and a better average per game than Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's been rock solid. Even when Lamar came out last week, he still had 11 for 115 and a touchdown with Tyler Huntley. So he's a guy you can rely on. You should be starting my sit. On the flip side is Zach Ertz. A lot was made of that trade going to Arizona. And I know with DeAndre Hopkins being lost for the year, you might be tempted to think that Ertz is the guy. I just there are so they have so many options, which is a blessing from an NFL standpoint that it's made it a nightmare from a fantasy standpoint aside from his first game with the Cardinals where they really tried to feature him and he got a touchdown, he's had all, more than five receptions and a touchdown only once. And that was in week 11. There's just not enough consistency there for me to feel good about starting him in a playoff week.
1: I, I agree a hundred percent. There's just, I, I don't, I, it, I don't, I just don't know what's going on. I, I don't understand. It's crazy to me that all of these, this COVID outbreak has just hit like the most inopportune time, and and I know obviously I hope all of the players that have COVID are okay. I don't want anything to happen to them. I don't I don't want anybody to get really sick. I do hope that Tyree Kill gets it before tonight's game, but I don't hope anybody gets really sick. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm kind of with you. <laughs> I'm facing Tyree Kill this week, so. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't hope anybody gets COVID except for the players that I'm facing this week. But no, with that being said, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Like it's, it's been weird because we haven't had this many guys in the COVID list throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if it has a lot to do with the new variant or whatever that looks like in the world or however that looks like we're not a, we're not doctors here. So we're not going to project what's going on in the world. But with that being said, Keep an eye out on your lineups, especially heading into tonight's game. You might need to start somebody tonight that you didn't plan on starting tonight because you might lose a guy in the next hour. That Before we got on the air, Hawkinson out for the season, now Lockett and Collins on the COVID list. The list is not – it doesn't seem like the list is stopping
0: because it's been going throughout the day, yesterday, today. It's a nightmare doing rankings. Every time I think I'm done, it's like, oh.
1: Oh man, I, I just, I just don't even, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I uh, the Broncos aren't like, don't even have anybody on their roster. I don't think. Um, that's why I mean the Browns. Sorry, the Browns. That's why I don't think the Browns can win because I, I literally, yeah, Mike Clay just tweeted out a thing and said I removed all my inactive players from my list and it's just like a blank list of players. <laughs> that's that's gonna be my. Thing, I I, uh, all right, folks, with that being said, before we wrap out the door, um, I'm going to go through a list of the movies that are coming out this weekend, and I'm going to hit you with a little bit that are coming out Wednesday, and then, of course, we have Christmas right around the corner. So I hope you have about 10 minutes because there's about 100 movies coming out in the next eight days. But this weekend, obviously, we have the release of Spider-Man No Way Home. I have seen it. I saw it Tuesday And I can't express how much I love that movie enough. I personally feel like it's the best Marvel movie that has ever been made. And everybody at home is like, oh, well you said that about Eternals. Like, listen, there's a difference between best made Marvel movie and best Marvel overall movie. There can be made means direction means writing. That means a lot of different aspects. I do think that it was that I still believe that about Eternals. But overall, I think No Way Home checks all of the boxes. If something I've never seen in any comic book movie ever, um, and do not ask me on Twitter. I will not spoil anything for you. Ceh or Devante Parker with Waddle out. I'm gonna go Ceh.
0: I'm going to take Parker.
1: He's going to take Parker. I'm going to take CEH. So go Parker just because Fox is better at this than I am. All right. So with that being said, also coming out this weekend is Nightmare Alley. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. It's not a great film, but it's a very good film. Bradley Cooper just continues to be one of the best working actors, in my opinion. The Tender Bar is released limited this weekend, and by limited, I think it's only opening in New York and LA, and then Wednesday it's expanding a little bit wide, but then I think it's the top of the year that it's releasing on Amazon Prime Video. The Witcher Season 2 drops on Netflix tonight-ish, tomorrow, technically. The movie, the foreign film, The Hand of God. um, Jacob, uh, one of Jacob's favorite movies of the year drops on Netflix, or has dropped on Netflix, I think, yesterday to the 15th and then wednesday this like i said I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little winded here already guys but the kingsman and the matrix and sing 2 drop in theaters on wednesday the matrix also drops on hbo max simultaneously at the same time i plan on watching the mas- matrix resurrection and i plan on doing a review without have ever seen any of the other Matrixes. I i can't wait to do that for you guys Uh, The Kingsman, I have seen that, and I thought the first hour was a disastrous piece of garbage, and the second hour was actually really good. Sing2, I saw that back at AFI Fest. Loved it. If you liked the first one, if you didn't like the first one, I really don't care. I don't like you. But Sing2 is a blast. Bono is actually a great addition to the cast. Um, And then, of course, we have American Underdog and Journal for Jordan dropping on... Christmas Day. Um, Speaking of American Underdog tomorrow, this is another cheap plug while we're here. My review for the film drops tomorrow, but also my interview with Zachary Levi to talk about the film American Underdog does drop tomorrow. And then of course, my interview with Kurt Warner and Brenda Warner will drop on Christmas Eve. You can check those out on the YouTube channel and or you'll be able to, they will be available via Apple and iTunes. And then Licorice Pizza opens, but go poke your eyes out or stand at the wall instead of watching that piece of garbage. And then one last movie that I highly recommend checking out on Christmas Eve, dropping on Netflix, is Don't Look Up. I think that's all of them. Fox, what have you watched for us lately this week that you can recommend to our wonderful audience? Now that I'm out of breath.
0: I watched a uh, a lot of documentaries, um, and one that I really liked wa- is on Disney Plus right now. It's called "The Rescue." So um, good, so good um, about the efforts to rescue a soccer team that was trapped in a cave by um, monsoon rains in Thailand. That happened in two thousand eighteen. This is <laughs> it was a fascinating story, but also really got me emotionally and. Um, the other one that I, I took my wife, we saw West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. I actually liked it a lot. I know you didn't like it as much. Um, yeah, I get uh, being upset about some of the cat people who are in it. Um, but I almost feel the same way about when I'm watching movies as I if, if we were going about only being able to watch and accept good people. We probably couldn't watch NFL games either. Um yeah. I, the, I didn't have a problem
1: with it. Ansel Edgar just as stiff as a board to me the entire movie. Like I just felt like he was just Mike Fast was really good. I liked him. I thought he was fantastic in it.
0: I liked the two ladies really are yeah, and Laura um, Rita Moreno, who won an Academy Award for playing Anita in the original, uh comes back in a different role. Her her song and i I think i was more moved about how the way she cared about tony than about i i would i don't in neither version of west side story did i care that much about the character of tony but it's it's i think both versions it's the women um that that really do it rachel zegler was great anita Debose. um I thought she she did a great job. I liked the way Tony Kushner and Spielberg structured this one to give it a bit of a different kind of a feel. Uh, The way that they did some of the big musical numbers and the place that they put them and the way that they altered it a little bit to be kind of looking at the time period, I thought was was really interesting. And the look of it was, um, I thought was great. Uh, So There are are things – it's not perfect, but this was a big year um, for musicals, and I haven't loved all of them that have come out. um, But I thought this one was really
1: good. Uh, So real quick before we go, Barack Obama dropped his favorite movies of 2021, and I'll share that with you real quick. Summer of Soul, West Side Story, The Power of Dog, Drive My Car, Pig, Passing, The Card Counter, Judas and the Black Messiah, Worst Person in the World – Old Henry, which I'm so glad he mentioned, The Last Dole, Tragedy to Macbeth. Come on, come on. Thank you, Mr. Obama. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's that Quo Vadis Day movie as well. Um, One more recommendation. Yeah,
0: some of those were from Academy Awards last season last year. Which one? Oh, well, I mean. Ada was one of the foreign nominees. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I can't. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody's list of movies that they shouldn't have on their list this year. Um, with that being said, oh, one more thing before I go Juice World into the Abyss. I was not, I didn't know much about Juice World prior to watching the movie. Other than the fact that my stepsons are, uh, love the guy and love the, that his music and loved his messages, stuff like that. Watch the documentary. It's a very moving documentary. It's a series, that music box series that HBO is doing. I watched the DMX one, didn't love that one as much. And I love DMX. I didn't love the DMX one as much as I did the Juice World one. So but
0: I'll, the have, one you need to watch. So I really liked the Alanis Morissette one more than I was expecting to, but uh, the one about Woodstock 99 was captivating and that that uh, documentary series has been renewed uh love bill simmons um i loved what he did with the original he was the original architect of 30 for 30 for espn uh kind of bringing that same thought process and, and everything into the music world uh they've all been pretty they've all been watchable but some of them have been really good
1: yeah for sure yeah i plan on checking those other ones out i just i don't think that i have had a a lot of time And, um, but yeah, with that being said, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This has been a long treacherous season. Matthew Fox will be back next week with a person that's not me. Um, sadly, he'll probably hear Jason, Jacob, Jack, Jack, Jeff, whatever his name is. One of those guys will be one of the Jays will be joining Matthew Fox next week. I think, or maybe it won't be. I don't know. But if you call him the wrong name, the entire episode just do it for me, in the sake of me. Or you can just call just call him Ricky the entire episode. Maybe you should just do that. All right, Ricky, and then it just you know, it just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But. That being said, we appreciate you guys tuning into the show each and every week. We hope that you've we've made you money. You've made us money. We hope maybe that you even lost you some money too. I don't know. We've checked all the boxes this year and hopefully watched a couple good movies because we recommended it. Make sure to check out all the other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network from the Uncut Podcast to Film Optics, the Now Showing to the Music City Drive-In and 50 Years of Music. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys later.